been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I am your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB network. That's WLTKDB.com. You can also get to the main site by visiting theletstalk.com. You can sign into the chat room right there on the main page, listen to the show, sign in through Facebook do whatever you need to do. And that's about it. So I'm really excited to have my mom, Norma Strickland, joining me tonight. She's co-hosted with me a couple of times and was my very first guest back when I debuted the show on October 8th, 2020. So thank you so much for joining me, mom. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Nicole. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you and your guest. How privileged I feel. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and bring in Denise Agnew here in a couple of minutes. I'm really looking forward to having her on and picking her brain a little bit about what she does as an evidential medium and, and paranormal investigator and novelist. But before that, I wanted to mention, I can't believe it's already been one year. And next week, it's going to be our timeshare. Yep. So it's like insane. So I don't know, um, for those that are listening, uh, we've had a timeshare in my family for many years now. It's actually the, the Welk Resort up in Escondido. And there's different, the Welk Resort has different uh, resorts uh, throughout the, the US. But yeah, it's been with our family for many years now. And I can't believe it's like, oh my gosh, it's already next week. It's I know, insane. it's incredible. And my parents... Yeah. My parents gifted it to us, and so my father got this specifically for Nicole's birthday. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't know about that. It's but, true. Yeah. That's what that's what my mother Aww. said. She said he got it for Nicole's birthday. Oh <laughs> well, don't I feel special? No, I'm yes. kidding. But yeah. yeah, no, it's a great place. Uh, golfing, just relaxation, many pools. So uh, WelkResorts.com, I think, is the website. But it's if you beautiful. type in. Welk Resort Escondido. It's a great place if you're in San Diego and you need a place to stay for the week. You know what? Why not check it out? So anyways, uh, enough about that. I want to bring in Denise Agnew to the show. I'm Like I said, I'm really uh, looking forward to having her on. Denise, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. I can't believe this week's flying by. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So, right. I know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much. I know we've had this show scheduled for, I think a few months now, so I can't believe yeah. it's already, I think it was back in January. I want to say like December, or January Somewhere. when uh, I booked you and it's like, here it is. Uh, oh, and I forgot to say I'm a little uh, discombobulated today. I forgot to say uh, usually I do this in my introduction, uh, but make sure to uh, check out the other hosts and the other shows on the WLTKDB network. There's a lot of them to choose from. So make sure to check those out. So getting back to you, Denise, let's go ahead and start with uh, when you discovered, because you're an evidential medium, and I find that so fascinating. So when did you yeah. discover that 
you had these gifts? Um, really only in 2018, um, believe it or not. So it was something that apparently I had been doing since I was a little kid and um, didn't recognize that that's what I was doing. (laughs) I had to have another medium pointed out to me. uh, And she, after I was in one of her classes on intuition and uh, she had us do an exercise, people in the class, and it was that exercise that she said, okay, look, this is what you're doing. And it was kind of like a light bulb going off. Yeah. Those things that you don't, recognize but then you do recognize it in the next minute almost like an epiphany sort of so exactly exactly yeah. so what was the exercise that you did um she had what she was trying to do i for the most part was try to get people to see that their intuition was you know was available to everybody that this wasn't something special right um but during the exercise she had given us the names of two people, the fir- just the first names. Um, and she didn't say what her relationship to them was or anything like that. Actually, no, I'm getting exercises mixed up. She, she had one person's name on there. And what happened was she said, just go ahead and you're going to write down everything that comes to you about this person, uh, anything at all, what you see, what you feel, anything, just, just write it down. Don't judge it. Don't think this is stupid or anything like that. Just go for it. Um, and she had us do that, you know, go away, do that, come back next class and give her, you know, what we had done. And she, she said to me, I'm going to use yours as an example, if you, you know, if you don't mind. And I thought, okay, is she going to say, wow, this was really bad or (laughs) (laughs) use me as an example? I didn't think she would do that, but you know, I was thinking, oh my God, she's going to say, look, you didn't, you didn't pick up anything. And I thought it was just all intuition based, which I understood that I that I have you know intuition, and sometimes that is something that I use quite a bit of. But she pointed out to me that um, I had picked up things about her and the her the the medium herself, and also this person. So I had actually picked up things about both of them because they were very good friends. And I had picked up on stuff that had happened to the other person as a child. Um, Things weren't so great. I had picked up things about her situation, um, all these other things about um, another person who had passed away uh, and all of all of that kind of things. And she had done a few more exercises like that where she would have us try to pick up things and you wouldn't I would end up finding out that I was basically picking up things about a person who had passed. Oh, that's so interesting. Did you have any, any inclination at all before 2018, though, that you had these gifts? Or did it just really hit you right in 2018? The mediumship part. The mediumship part. Yeah, yeah the mediumship part just hit me in 2018. I, I understood, I believed that I had some intuitive abilities um, and things that I would pick up about people, living people. And that I was an empath. I do. I did believe those two things. But I would say things like, "Oh, I'm not a medium," even though I had no reason to even say that. I. It was kind of like I was pushing it away. Like, yeah, no, I really can't do that. And yeah, 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 almost like the minds. You know, we we our mind tries to logically explain things, and then you know when we can't come to a conclusion, it likes to 
kind of push things away. But uh, right. oh, that's just so fascinating. So uh, evidential mediumship. I mean, you know what that is, of course. I know what that is. But for any listeners that are kind of confused on what evidential means, go ahead and explain that. Okay. Well, it's kind of a buzzword in a sense, because a lot of times you'll hear uh, mediums refer to themselves as psychic medium or spirit right. medium. That, that's a lot of times they're just plain medium. And evidential mediumship is actually something that's more well known in the UK, um, because in the UK, they uh, kind of have made that a standard for being licensed, licensed as a medium, because in Britain, you have to have a license to practice as a medium and actually receive money for it to be paid for it. Um, and oh, so it's kind of just sort of gaining strength over here as a descriptor for a medium who will give you during a reading evidence of that person who has passed. And it would be something that isn't generic. It would be something that there is no way that you could have known the medium could have known that information about that person that has passed. It wouldn't be something you could look up on the internet. So it would have to be something very personal that you could not fake in any way. I have a question, if that's all right. Sure. This is No, so it's not. Of course I'm it is, Mom. Exciting all this information. <laughs> but but I, I've always wondered uh, uh, about mediums if they have, um, first of all, some sort of method to be able to distinguish between uh, what's within our subconscious, what's within the subconscious, as well as what's actually um, uh, a spiritual um, uh, uh, communication of some sort. That is a really good question. I, in fact, I had that communicate that communication question myself when um, this first became evident to me that I was picking up things about people who had passed, because I was like, well, how do I know I'm not just reading that off of the live person, um, you know? And depending on who you talk to, because mediumship is kind of experienced in a lot of different ways with each medium. Not everybody actually receives information the same way. Um, a lot of mediums, what they will do is they're able to feel spirit as different within their body than if they were talking to somebody and just giving them intuitive information. So they will be able to pick it up that way. Um, for me, Basically, the readings that I do, I have a tendency to do a combo reading, which actually it's a triple kind of reading. It's one that combines intuition, the mediumship and oracle card reading. So I'm kind of giving it a whole mishmash of things that I'm using as tools uh, to help the person I'm doing the reading for. That's so interesting because I have, I'm a health background person. I'm, I'm always curious to know if mediums uh, do interview their recipients I guess in, in detail, I mean, as far as are they stable enough for the process, for example, or do they have any health problems such as cardiac issues, blood pressure problems, psychological issues? Are they taking any medication of any that all could impact the whole process and put them at risk. So I would imagine you you thoroughly interview them and maybe even have some sort of uh, release of, of liability forms. You think that's appropriate? I I don't personally do that. Um, and partially one of the reasons why I wouldn't want to do that is because it's kind of like um, you've probably seen on TV a lot of mediums who go into haunted locations that are on, you know, maybe a ghost hunting program and they do not want to know anything about the location they're going into. I feel that way about the person that I'm doing the reading for. 
and unless the person just kind of jumps right in and starts telling me things, mostly I'm going to say, please don't, you know, please don't tell me any of that. Because what that I think can do is taint the reading with me making assumptions and it can kind of get in the way of the medium's ability to bring forth information that is not influenced by what you know about the person or the place, say if you were going to a haunted location. So I, I would rather not know any of that. That makes yes sense. And when when you mentioned that the uh, mediums on TV, mm-hmm. how how reliable do you feel feel that is? Oh, I do. I think a lot of them are very reliable. Uh, most of the ones that you see on television have been doing this for many many years, and certainly far more you know much longer than I have. Um, and I believe most of them, as far as I can tell, are very reputable individuals. Um, and I think that's also with the ghost hunting shows that have been on more recent times. I think the people who are putting together those shows and the people who are on them, the investigators and the mediums are interested in doing things in a more kind of straightforward fashion. I know in the past there used to be some programs where there'd be a lot of drama and, you know, people getting possessed and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I think that kind of has sort of gone away. That isn't really the thing anymore. (laughs) Television. I kind of have a theory myself and I'm, I know I'm talking a lot here, Nicole, thank you. And I know that's fine. fine. I I personally have a theory that there's really two main realms of paranormal Mm -hmm. and one is the authentic, untainted paranormal world. And then there is the skewed world that the ordinary world realm has created through media, through entertainment, contaminated with Halloween mentality, horror movies mentality, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I come from. And I don't personally watch any of those things on TV because I just, uh, I think there's, there's so much that's, when I listen to Nicole's show, I'm so grateful to be able to listen to the show and, and Todd's show and so many of the other ones. When it comes to um, them sharing information of, of the people have actually had very enlightening and heartwarming um, experiences with the deceased. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's just so much the real, the real and mm-hmm. not all the foo-foo uh, that comes with some of the... Um, some of the movies, some of the, even the telephone, uh, television episodes of the people. So, so right. I kind of, I kind of separate the two and there's nothing wrong. The ordinary world is the ordinary world. We live in it. And so I don't want it to, to demean it in any way, but I also think that it, it taints this, this, uh, or this, this other realm that we can learn from. And I don't think that we're teaching people to learn about the paranormal if we're teaching them to, to be in uh, things like the, the horror or like you said, what did you say um, a minute ago with somebody getting some sort of a, you know, that type of thing. So right. I don't know, it's just my personal experience and my personal <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, everyone has their own, you know, opinions as to, you know, I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinions. I, I guess I, um, I'm kind of maybe hearing, I'm trying to like sit back and, trying to hear both viewpoints here. I guess, mom, I'm hearing you say that uh, you feel that if someone, for example, let's say goes into hypothetically goes into like a haunted location and has an experience that they, they deem spooky or, or eerie or ghoulish or frightening, you're saying that it's almost the risk, like 
they're projecting those words onto the ghost and not necessarily they're, yeah, know, they're the, the ghost them. isn't yeah, isn't the spooky being is that is, right. is that kind I'm of what i'm hearing they're frightened of the experience because it's unknown you know to have mm-hmm. a, some sort of experience so that's the experience but then to project that onto the, their spirit or whatever that is. For example, my father's deceased. He was a physician in this world. He was a healer. And if somebody came across his spirit and started projecting all of that onto it, boy, that would, to me, would be demeaning. I mean, these spirits that we're talking about are our relatives. They're the people that who have been in our lives. And I, when I die, I don't want to, to think that, you know, that I can make somebody feel horror and and it's just so it's a strange world. So I, that's why and I'm, I'm going to be quiet here now, but I separate the two realms, the ordinary, it's entertainment. That's great. And then there's to me the authentic paranormal. And that's what I lean towards. And that's what I advocate. And that's what I love. I think it's those those can be cherishable experience. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Thanks for sharing, mom. Thank mm-hmm. you for letting me, Nicole. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. We're... So getting back to what you do now, you said, Denise, now I find it so interesting that in the UK, they want their mediums to be licensed. Yeah. Why, why I actually wasn't aware of that. That's like, one yeah. thing I wasn't aware of. So why, I mean, I wonder like how long has this been going on? Like, is this something recent or has it been for many you years? Know, that It's been quite a few years. And honestly, I don't remember what the, the date is that they started that. Um, they're, and I've, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm really embarrassed because all of a sudden I can't think of his first name. Anthony is his last name. He's um, a famous psychic lawyer. I, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know, I'm blanking on his name, too. I'm like, Anthony, I don't know. Oh, God. Like, I was yeah. just on his page the other day, too. Oh, my yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's amazing. But he um, he studied over in the UK. Uh, he's American, but he said, uh, studied over in the UK. And I know that he said when they started doing that. Um, I think the real reason is is because they were looking at it from the terms of we don't want people to pull a flim flam on somebody and not be an authentic medium that is able to bring through evidence of the afterlife. And so they put you through that in order to you know prove your worth kind of in other words and you're licensed. So if you're licensed I think in a way, it's a way of regulating that like you would regulate anything else, any other kind right. of business, like a rape, you know, person who does massage, person who does hypnotherapy, person who does Reiki, anything like that. Interesting. Now, yeah. hold that thought. We have to take a two minute break. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. Please stay tuned. Our Medic Alert bracelet warns first responders that we kiss back during CPR. Pucker up, buttercup. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Patreon is a place for creators. We're one of them. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash WLTKDB. Check out all the unique support tiers we offer. You can get early release episodes, station mugs and t-shirts, free station service work, and much more. Help the station reach its $1,000 per month goal to make our station totally ad-free. 
patreon.com slash WLTKDB. We appreciate your support. Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTKDB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Past the hour, you are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland, and tonight we've been talking with Denise Agnew, accomplished novelist, screenwriter, evidential medium, and paranormal investigator. Uh, so, welcome again back to the show. For those of you that are just uh, joining us, you can go to WLTKDB.com or the let's talk.com and sign in to the chat room right there. You can do that through Facebook and that's about it. So before the break, we were talking uh, with Denise a little bit about her uh, background as an evidential medium and kind of how she basically got started with that. And right before the break, we were exploring how the United Kingdom prefers that their mediums are licensed so I want to continue on with that discussion. Uh, what's the process that they have? Do you know, Denise, what the process is uh, for people out in the UK and Britain to become a medium, what they have to go through to become licensed? I honestly don't. Um, I was curious about that myself. Um, yeah. I, not know. I know a lot of mediums uh, in the UK start off with the spiritualist church. And so they do a lot of things and usually do gallery readings and um, start off with that in a circle. Um, And not that that, as far as I know, is a requirement uh, that they do that, certainly because that's considered a religion. And I'm not sure that that that's something that is required there, that you be connected with the spiritualist church. But I do know that that's kind of a go-to thing that a lot of mediums there immediately do in the beginning yeah i'd be curious to see like what their exact steps are to become licensed if there's any sort of like psychological uh you know psychology training or anything like that Mm -hmm. that they need to go through I, i mean i find it fascinating that they want their mediums to be licensed but yet that's not you know, I guess mandated in the United States. I, I just yeah. find that really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, was, there was something else that came up. If I can just, and, and uh, Denise, you mentioned Reiki, and I've always wondered about that too. Um, you had mentioned mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, we all have energy and we're all basically energy. And so for someone to, what would you think what the qualifications would be for somebody like that? Because that's pretty intense. That's somebody that's our body. If that's our body is our sacred place that we live within our body. Mm-hmm. And so when someone does Reiki, what do you think the qualifications should be for that? Because well, I'm not, 
I'm actually a Reiki master. So I've actually gone through um, all the training. Okay. And so with Reiki, what you, you do is you get in a class with a Reiki master teacher, someone who's basically at the last level of Reiki attunement. And you go through Reiki one, uh, which you learn some of the symbols, the Japanese symbols for Reiki, different Reiki modalities within that. And then you do Reiki two. And so that's a, another class that's an advancement. And then you reach Reiki master essentially at the end. And a lot of people will stop at Reiki master. Um, and then if they are kind of called to become a teacher and help other people become Reiki practitioners, then you would uh, also go to a course for teacher as well. Okay. I've actually done that. Actually, one of my good friends up in the Pacific Northwest, I took her Reiki one class and got attuned to it. And so once mm-hmm. you're attuned, you can essentially pra- practice it. I just don't, I don't use it a lot, but I find it interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's something that, you know, you can choose to practice it in a professional capacity. Right. Um, and that kind of thing, just as you would choose maybe to do medium in a professional capacity. But like, for example, me, I, I don't actually do that as a part of my mediumship. Um, I will, if people say to me, hey, you know, could you um, send some Reiki or someone is ill or that kind of thing uh, as a Reiki master too, you do learn the attunement for being able to send Reiki from a distance uh, instead of hands on. How, how do you? How do you how do you how do you clear yourself? How do you cleanse yourself before um, being with someone else? Before sending any kind of energy? Because you know we've got the ego and all that. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. energy can go through a lot of different filters. And so right. how, do, how do we know that someone is not um, projecting without without meaning to? Because we don't know mm-hmm. our subconscious that well. But how do we know that someone isn't projecting a lot of gunk to us? How do we how do we differentiate from that? Well, one thing, I'll give you a little, a little story that relates to that. Um, when I, even after I had finished some of my Reiki courses, I belonged to a Reiki circle where we would get together about once a month to basically practice Reiki on each other just to kind of, you know, do it as a, if you weren't doing it every week with some, you know, someone else, you could do it with other Reiki people. And I was noticing that I was actually getting kind of drained um, at those Reiki sessions, there'd be, you know, maybe somewhere between five to 10 people doing Reiki on each other and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, it's just my empath thing. I'm sort of like getting drained from bringing around people and not doing a good enough job of of shielding myself. And the Reiki master teacher who taught me, I said something to her. I said, you know, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And she said, Oh, I know what you're doing. She said, you're giving away your energy. So in a sense, what was happening, instead of channeling the in- energy, which is what I was supposed to be doing from source, essentially, I had kind of lost my way in a sense yeah. and, and gotten kind of thrown off. And so what I was doing is I was healing people with my own energy as opposed to channeling it through me into them. And so I was coming out all sucked dry because people were kind of being energy vampires without meaning to, and I was giving the energy to them. So you brought up a good point that Reiki can be not very healthy if it's not done properly or if, right. Yeah. If it's not done and you, I think you can tell, like, I mean, obviously (laughs) like, you know, like 
if I go, I mean, I'm, I'm also quite empathic and um, I think it was uh, last week, I think it was last week you were on Hana Voices Radio. We were kind of talking about, you know, going into a room and, and being able right. to like, like, I guess, suck up everyone else's energy. Mm-hmm. So I think like, you know, for a highly empathic person, I think that they would have the intuition to know, oh my gosh, this isn't the right person for me. So right. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's sort of like any other occupation or modality that you do as you, you are starting to do it and whatever you're going to stumble and you're going to make mistakes and you're not going to be perfect. And you're going to, you're going to discover your own way through all of this because you're not going to come out of Reiki training, knowing everything. You're not going to come out of mediumship training, knowing everything. And over time, you're going to become more your own person in that modality and learn from your mistakes, hopefully. Yeah, that's good advice. Very, very good advice. Yeah, I remember taking uh, the Reiki One course at the Oregon Ghost Conference, and it was, you know, it was fascinating. And yeah. it's it's interesting how when we were practicing, you can actually feel almost the heat exchange between, you know, you and and the recipient. I, it's it's extremely fascinating. It's yeah, and it's very gratifying. Yeah, it can yeah. be really gratifying when someone who, um, you know, has, if they come in, you know, again, I would prefer somebody not tell me what their problem is, you know, don't tell me what your medical situation is. Um, if they don't want to, obviously, if they want to tell me, that would be fine, but I would just soon not know, uh, because then that doesn't, that kind of keeps me from assuming certain things about what's going on with them. And then if I, you know, come to their knee, and I can feel that there's something wrong there, I can say, hey, I feel like, xyz you've got this going on and usually then they would be like oh my god yeah that's that's what's going on and then after the session hopefully that would be somewhat alleviated if not totally alleviated if it worked properly what about animal therapy are you into that at all like this horse therapy there's just so many uh, great animal therapies that that are around now no i'm not personally no no there are there are other people i know that do it however Right. Have you ever had any pets that have passed away? One dog way back uh, when I was 12 years old, and I have a, a puppy right, a dog right now that's 12 years old. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, what kind is she? It's, you have a schna- you have a schnauzer. Yep. Oh, we ask the same question yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah my dad. Ha- yeah, my dad has those. They're so adorable. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a real character. He's a, definitely a bossy little guy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Got some attitude. I love oh, it. Yeah, Speaking of that, uh, <laughs> have you ever done readings uh, with uh, evidential mediumship readings with animals? And if so, do they come through? Does their energy come through differently for you than human energy? I I haven't personally. I did have, uh, believe it or not, my groomer person who grooms my dog. uh, Her and I accidentally got onto the subject of mediumship after her being my dog's groomer for all these years. And somehow it came up and she said, I think you should do this with with dogs. And it kind of blew me away because I was like, what? You know, I never in years thought about doing it with dogs, but I have not actually done that, but it has crossed my mind to give it a shot. Yeah, I think you should definitely explore that. I would imagine that animals, I mean, even with my own uh, deceased animals, they come through, I sense them more 
on an empathic level. So I think that's probably for me how they would come through for me. But, you know, everyone's different. But speaking of reading, walk us through your process for how, because I I like to, whenever I have mediums on the show, I like to get their different, uh, I guess, approach to how they uh, conduct a reading. So if you don't mind, walk us through your process from like start to finish on on how you do that. Okay. Well, I... I do pretty simple. I do not um, do much meditation beforehand, really. Um, I have one method where I basically, and it's almost like a Reiki thing, because what I do is I bring down Reiki kind of energy, if you want to call it that, from source and through, through my body and outwards, basically to kind of make myself open to spirit. Uh, and that's how I start. And then when I have somebody there for a reading, um, I haven't done a lot of in-person readings. Obviously, nobody has for, you know, about a year for the most part. Uh, But I do a lot of, you know, things with Zoom, whatever kind of, you know, um, at a distance kind of reading. And I just try at first to hopefully make someone feel comfortable, especially if they've never had a reading before. A lot of times they don't know what to expect. They may have ideas. as Norma was saying from, you know, things that they see on TV or in movies or whatever, and just kind of give them a very realistic, short idea of what I do. Um, and with my readings, because I am doing what I call a deep dive reading, again, as I said earlier, uh, I let them know that I do combine Oracle reading, intuition and mediumship. But I always start off with the mediumship first and try to contact spirit for them. Um, again, I'd rather not know who it is that they're thinking about contacting, uh, primarily also because I know that sometimes those people don't always come through for people. Sometimes it will be someone else that they do not expect. Um, so there's that, or they may, may not be expecting anybody in particular. And we just pick up, you know, we pick up whoever is coming through at that time. Uh, and then once I feel that, you know, that is broken off and there's no more contact in that way, then I move on to, the Oracle card reading so that it can either illuminate some of the things that spirit relayed to us or that might just be going on in their own life. Uh, things that I can show them, you know, from my intuition and the cards. That's how I do it. That's wow. That That's sounds great. interesting. Yeah, that is so great. What are like your top, like two readings that you've ever done? Oh my gosh. And and maybe and why, why that, why they were so impactful. Like if that's even a word in fact, that's impacting for you. Well, I've, I've got quite a few of them that really kind of blew me away and, and, um, you know, surprised the heck out of the person who's getting a reading too, because, (laughs) you know, even if you believe, even if you believe in mediumship, actually having a medium, and I even know this for myself, I'm getting a reading from another medium if they're able to hit on something that is so amazingly personal and valuable uh, to that person who is getting the reading, it still blows you away that not only as the medium that you're getting that information, but that, you know, you as the person getting the reading are getting that information. Um, and for me, I would have to say it was, well, one of the first readings I can remember that just kind of blew me away was I was doing um, a, phone reading with a lady and um, she didn't, you know, give me any ideas on who she was hoping to contact. And I got a kind of a vision of going down this staircase that was very dark and spooky. It was kind of like Norma said, the the cliche of I'm going into this haunted house, you know, 
And I didn't know, I didn't know what I was looking at. It was like, I didn't have any good bead on why I was seeing that. And I just kind of had this impulse to put, you know, put my hands up to my throat as if I needed to protect my throat or there was something going on with my throat. And I said to the person getting the reading, I said, first, you know, I'm going down this, this thing that's like this dark cellar. It's like one of those scary cellars with the stone steps and the whatever. And I'm describing it to her. And I said, but now I feel like I, I, you know, like I'm choking or there's something around my throat. And she just started crying. You know, it wasn't like she was bawling or, you know, having a fit or anything like that. But she said, oh, my God, she said, my husband, she's my my uh, mother-in-law committed suicide in the cellar that you're describing by hanging. Oh, oh my gosh. And I just about fell wow. out of the chair because I didn't know that's what I was getting from, from the spirit. I didn't understand what she was telling me. Um, no so when I was telling, yeah. When I was telling the, the client what I was seeing, she was really the one that cleared it up because I didn't know why I was getting that. Um, so that was very surprising too. That oh my gosh! I mean, that actually uh, kind of made me think of another question. Like, what is that for you, anyways? What does that feel like when you're when you have an experience that is actually accurate as to what happened with that spirit or earthbound? Like, what does that physically feel like for you? It's well, physically, um, I am definitely not a physical medium. I know you guys may have heard of physical mediums, um, which means to me, in other words, that I do not personally normally feel the pain or trauma of someone's passing. If it's something that I'm bringing through about, you know, someone hung themselves or something else like that happened or anything, you know, whatever. Or anything like uh, goosebumps or chills or anything like that, or even emotionally, like what, what is that? feel like when you're when you're no well, pun intended dead on as a yeah. <laughs> you know I mean yeah. everyone's different so I right right exactly well um I will definitely sometimes get chills if it you know the realization of the accuracy of that um but also I will sometimes just know that physically in what part of the body for example that something has happened then I can tell the person, yeah, I'm getting something in here, 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 whatever. Um, I had a reading not that long ago where I picked up that the the spirit that I was talking to, she put her hands to her head and I thought, okay, this has something to do with how she passed. Um, But I didn't know what it was that was going on with her head that it caused the passing. But when I said it to the person, to the client, I said, what, what's wrong with her head? What happened in, in her passing? And she said she shot herself in the head. Oh my gosh. So, and then I was a little bit teary eyed because. Of course. It, because the client was, you know, she was a little overwhelmed by this that she realized, okay, now you're, you know, we had figured out that I was talking to her sister previous to that. So she knew it was her sister that I was talking to. But the fact that I had picked up on the fact that she had committed suicide so for me, it's a lot of, of seeing the spirit in what they look like and surroundings that they're in, places they may have been, where they may have lived, things that they may have experienced. Um, I will hear them say things um, and I will just know 
I'll just know things that happened to them. And those are my major ways of, of being able to tell what was happening. Yeah, Denise, every, Denise, everyone is so different. Oh, go ahead, Mom. Oh, I was going to ask Denise. Have, and Denise is Nicole's middle name. Did you know that? I love the name Denise. I, she uh, was either gonna be Denise I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you that. I think you might have. <laughs> yeah, but, but I wanted to ask you, have you had any personal experiences with any loved ones that have passed any, 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 anything at all that way? Not just readings with, with people, other people, but your own personal experiences. Yeah, yes, um, yes, I have. Um, indeed, in fact, at least one time I wasn't even sure um, that that was what was happening. Because again, this was before I had the knowledge that this is what I was doing. I remember my uh, sister-in-law had passed and uh, I remembered her perfume, what her perfume smelled like. And I was walking my dog one time and all of a sudden this wave of the perfume hit me and I'm out in the middle of uh, down the street, you know, <laughs> this is, I'm walking on, on the street where I live. Um, and I certainly did not have that perfume. I didn't know anybody else who had that perfume. There certainly wasn't anybody around me. Um, and I just instantly knew, I said, is that you Barbie? And I didn't, I couldn't see her. Um, and I didn't hear her say anything, but I just knew that she had, for whatever reason, she was there with right. me for a minute. Um, I, can re- I can relate to that because on the Queen Mary, I actually smelled Winston Churchill's cigar. Remember, Nicole? Oh, yeah. Right out yeah. of his uh, stateroom, too. And he smoked very potent Cuban-based And there cigars, was nobody so. around, nobody around anywhere that was smoking. So I know what you mean with that. You just know they're yeah. there. Right. Yeah. I yeah. actually had an experience with my paternal grandmother after she died. And we were, I was actually on vacation, believe it or not. And I smelled, and she she wore a very uh, distinct perfume. I actually can't think of the name of it. I'll probably remember it was, five it, minutes. After. Modern, maybe it may it, it may have been that. I'm not sure, but very very distinct perfume. And I remember smell. Well, first I heard her voice, and it was as if she was in the room. I didn't see her. And then a few moments later, I smelled her perfume and I said, oh, my gosh, hi, Marianne, I love you so much. I miss you. She said something else. I couldn't make it out, but I knew she was there. It's, you know, it's when even if I didn't hear her, I would have known she was there. And even with your experience, (laughs) it's we sometimes we just know, like we may not get a definitive word that said or anything, but you just have that undying yeah, no think, pun intended, sense of knowing that someone. I think it there. comes from a feeling rather than cognitive. It's just a feeling. It's it's a body, yeah. the whole body experience. It's a feeling. Yeah, you just, that's mm-hmm. what I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So do you usually sense, I mean, uh, I was trying to word this carefully, but do you usually pick up on more tragic sorts of events or is it pretty much multifaceted? You can pick up on happy things, sad things, scary things. Yeah, I would say I would say that I do multifaceted. Um, yeah. I have actually been surprised by the number of people that I have picked up for the clients that have committed suicide. Um, that's for whatever reason, the, those types of spirit um, are attracted to me for the clients. If the client has come in and that's someone who has passed for them, that seems to be one of the people, the kinds of people that like to come in to say hello. Yeah, <laughs> that's an honor. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge honor. I'm wondering I if you've had any past life experiences where maybe 
you in a past life maybe had a tragic situation that is similar mm-hmm. to uh, some of yeah. the readings that you've done. I mean, that's just some, something that came to mind, but. Right, right. Well, and I've had one reading where somebody, uh, I picked up someone who they were not a family member of this person, but someone that they knew, someone mm-hmm. that worked for that person who had, um, was running from the police and died as a result of that, um, of a shootout. And that was really surprising. And then I did have, I I shouldn't say one experience like that. I did have another um, medium who was after her, her niece was murdered. She asked several of us to do uh, some reading, you know, for her and the family. Um, And so we were all able to give her readings on that. And that was, I was very honored to be asked to do that. Absolutely. That's such a huge honor. What do you think would, what do you think Denise would be the best way to, to help educate the world with, with paranormal, paranormal experiences so that people aren't (laughs) frightened and uh, they don't fall into the Halloween trap necessarily. I'm not saying, (laughs) you you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I'm not saying everything's roses and and all of that flowers. Because we're human beings, we all have different types of emotions, and I'm sure that goes right into the, you know, into the, to the next realm there. But just wondering how we could educate rather than make money necessarily off of, uh, of I don't know, fictional type stuff. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, it's funny you should ask me that because I, I like to write horror movies, and I, I do like um, reality TV ghost shows. <laughs> so I do, I do all of that. Really, I'm kind of on one. I'm on one and the other. I'm on the fiction side, and I'm on the the nonfiction side. But um, I think really that is very, very tough. I think it's that's going to be almost impossible to do. And I think the reason for that is, is it's kind of like religion. There are so many different belief systems on how things work. Even among mediums, you will have disagreement about how things work or don't work or should work or should not work. Um, and I think that it's really, I kind of look at it with, with me, I kind of don't look at it as how can I make people understand that it's not all spooky so much as it is when I'm doing a reading with them, you know, they're going to get straight skinny on what I believe about it. And you know, nothing scary, hopefully, is ever going to come through and nothing ever has come through that was scary. Um, but there are some things that are scary in, in the paranormal world, in haunted houses, in situations like that. Um, so I think it's such a huge mixed bag that it's really, really difficult to have everybody understand that it's not all spooky stuff. Um, well, I think, I think, don't you think the movies and the, and the television shows uh, emphasize because it's, it's because yeah. they have to, I mean, yeah. they're, they're selling. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. that kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. And the television shows, I mean, I know people, the people who are in the television shows and the reality television shows, I know they've had to say many, many times, like on their own po- podcasts and, and things like that. They've had to tell people, look, we were in that haunted house for five days and nothing happened. And on day five, six scary things happened. And that's what ended up on the show because that's what 
is going to keep people watching the show. Right. Yeah, it's and entertainment so, and it's ratings. What about just the regular world, Denise, and how the, how many yeah. murders there are in a day, and all the mm-hmm. horror that goes in our in our ordinary world? We we don't even need to make a movie about that. That's that's right. reality. That's reality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think it's. We I'm sorry, much more, I was going to say we don't need much more horror really to fall into for, as entertainment because then we're just it's like you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, well it, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, it's all kind of like what what blows your skirt up is what I call it. You know, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. one of those um, people as an example. When um, I went from writing romance novels, which I love, and uh, to read and still write and everything, when um, I I've always loved horror stuff since I was a little kid, novels, whatever TV shows. And when I was like, you know what, I want to do this. I want to write this. And I had some people, their mouth just dropped open. They were like. I don't think they were horrified. They just didn't expect it. And they were like, yeah. what do you mean yeah. you're going to write horror, not, horror screenplays? <laughs> so. I guess yeah. I'm trying to like sit back and listen. I think mom, what I'm hearing you say is keep the fictional. I mean, I love horror movies as well. Yeah. like science fiction, yeah, all yeah, of that. No, but keep, keep fictional, that yeah. separate from the real life. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Sure. You Thank you. Thank you uh, for yeah, explaining yeah. that. That's what I was trying to say. Because the ordinary world we live in, we accept it. I'm going to be compassionate about it, you know, and, and and that's the way it is. But keep it separate. And that's why I keep the paranormal, the authentic paranormal realm separate from it. Because what we see in the in the, all the, the things, fictional stuff is not reality. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's entertaining, though. That's, I guess, what its, you know, what its motive is. But, but it can also leave impressions. So the impressions that it leaves causes people then to carry on with that fear into if they have their experiences. And I think it's so right. important nowadays yeah. for people to be more aware because they are seeing it on TV as far as spiritual or experiences and all that, to be more aware of the, for themselves, you know, in a healthy way. Yeah. Sure. And I think, I think one thing is, is shows like Nicole's show here and, and a lot of other podcasts yeah. and, and radio shows those are going to continue to help a lot with getting that reality out there that yeah. what happens with the real world is not the same as the fictional world. So you guys right. do great service in bringing that information to, to everybody. And I think a lot of people know that too, yeah. um, you know, are able to separate that. I mean, I, one thing I wish for the field, I mean, everyone has his or her or everyone has their own, I guess, approaches and, and preferred methodologies. I just wish it were more of a, I guess, standardized, more protocol, uh, you know, mandated protocol, mandated, you know, operating procedures when you go on case studies and all of that, because you have the, you know, yeah. teenager thrill seekers going into a cemetery at night wanting to get spooked. And then you have the, you know, scientific based, you know, dedicated researchers out there and those two don't necessarily mix so but you know there's, to me you know, something i've always admired about nicole and i'm just going to say this you know as a mother here we go oh my god just, please stop when, when you do your tours <laughs> like your tours tourist tours and all of that your presentations i love that you bring up respect and integrity and that's so important because the spirit world is 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 we are we are as we pass then go into that realm. So it's it's human beings. And so how we want to be treated, I think, is how we should treat them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people when they go in and they provoke and, and stuff like that, um, I think that that is sort of starting to fade away a little bit. I think people are getting educated on that isn't going to get you what you want. In fact, it I might agree. get you it might get you uh, things that you don't want. 
And so I think that is also becoming as as time has gone on and and reality television shows, for example, have been on now for a very long time, that people are slowly seeing that a lot of the shows no longer do that kind of provoking. And so it's, it's slowly getting out there, slowly but surely. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that, too. I, you know, it's weird. I have this belief that there's this it's more or less a personal belief that there's this great cosmic shift going on, which is almost bringing mortality and the human spirit realm closer together. What are your thoughts on that? And what do you think, I guess, the spirit world is trying to to tell us or share with us? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think at this point in time for, for most of us, most of the people that are even interested in this kind of thing, yeah, that there are so many ways to reach whatever that, if you want to use the way the word Nirvana or Bahala or whatever kind of uh, stepping stone that you have to make, you know, in order to reach the, the spirit world, um, whether that be heaven or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we really, none of us know exactly what that is until we reach it. Exactly. And also, I think there are still way too many differences in how everybody looks at it all over the world that in kind of just in my own personal world, I kind of feel like we're a really long way off from that. Oh yeah. Um, but, But I know there are a lot of people who don't think that they think we're a lot closer. So again, you know, it's just what, what do you what do you feel personally? And when you get there, you'll know, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You'll have the, you'll have the keys to unlock the secrets. That's, right. <laughs> That's what I say. So, Oh my gosh, yeah. this hour has flown by. Thank you so well, much for, for coming on. Um, but now uh, any upcoming projects that you're working on now's a chance to, you know, kind of promote yourself, get out your website, okay. social media, all of that. Well, for my fiction stuff, my website is deniseagnew.com. And for my uh, mediumship stuff and my reading stuff, it's agnewcreativemedium.com. And so those are the two things. And I'm working on screenplays as we speak and nice. having a great time with that. And hopefully yeah. on fiction book projects soon. So that yeah, is- absolutely. It's been nice talking to you, Denise. Thank you for putting up with this old lady's questions. <laughs> no, they were excellent oh questions. I applaud you for your questions. They were really good. <laughs> so thank you. Denise Thanks, Norma. Norma Denise. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing Joey and Tanya Medea from Into the Outer Realm show. It's actually funny. I'm going to be on their show an hour before they come on mine. So that's next week. Uh, And again, I want to thank tonight's guest for a, a lively discussion on all things paranormal, mediumship, you name it. Hope everyone has uh, a great night and upcoming weekend, and we will see you next week. One last thought, though, here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we're bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time. See you next week, folks, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.